0: Oh my goodness, did you hear that wake-up call? Matthew 6.33 says, steep your life in God-reality, God-initiative, and God-provisions. That's the message, Bible. That's the life I want. How about you? I'm Kimberly, born from above believer for over 30 years, the storyteller of my life using a visionary voice, and I'm a faith coach. This podcast will fan your faith into flame create boldness to step out and challenge you to ask for more. There's always more. Hey there, people. This is episode three. I've entitled it Slid to Salvation because it's my true story of my supernatural experience where I exchanged knowledge for life. Jesus calls it born from above in the Message Bible of John chapter 3, which I will be sharing this episode. Come on in. Check this out. Hey people, can you help me sound the alarm to wake us up? When you choose a star, leave a review, hit subscribe, share on social media, or forward to a friend, it fires the system and turns up my volume. Your part matters. You matter. We are better Together, Hey, they're my people, the people who are hearing the sound of my voice right now. Those are the ones that I call my people. Today's episode is titled Slid to Salvation. What the heck does that mean? Well, I'm going to begin today's episode by reading from the Message Bible, John chapter 3. It says, starting in verse 1, There was a man of the Pharisees' sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night, he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi, we all know you're a teacher, straight from God. No one could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you do if God weren't in on it. Jesus said, You're absolutely right. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. How can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born-from-above talk? Jesus said, you're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into new life, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch, but the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch the spirit, and becomes a living spirit. So don't be so surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone born from above, by the wind of God, the spirit of God. Nicodemus asked, What do you mean by this? How does this happen? Jesus said, You're a respected teacher of Israel, and you don't know these basics? Listen carefully. I'm speaking sober truth to you. I speak only of what I know by experience. I give witness only to what I have seen with my own eyes. There is nothing secondhand here, no hearsay. Yet instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, you procrastinate with questions. If I tell you things that are plain as the hand before your face, and you don't believe me, what use is there in telling you of the things you can't see, the things of God? No one has ever gone up into the presence of God except the one who came down from that presence, the Son of Man. In the same way that Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert so people could have something to see and then believe, it is necessary for the man, son of man, to be lifted up. And everyone who looks up to him, trusting and expectant, will gain a real life, eternal life. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him anyone can have a whole and lasting life God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son to point an accusing finger telling the world how bad it was he came to help and put the world right again now slid to salvation I'm expecting that you've heard terms like born again, saved, Christian, Bible thumper, believer. You know, I'm Pentecostal, I'm Catholic, I'm united, I'm, you know, whatever it be. What do these things all mean? Well, for me, I was raised in a church denomination. And I don't remember a time that I didn't believe in God. I don't remember a time that I didn't believe that Jesus was born of a virgin and that he died for my sins. I believed in the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. I was taught these things as a child. I was baptized in full immersion water when I was like 10 years old. But inside of me, there was something different and something missing. So I lived a life of hurt, woundedness. So if you have read a little bit about me on my website, then you will know that um, I ended up married at a very early age. I was 17. I had two children by the time I was 20 and I was separated by the time I was 22 and back in my hometown found my high school sweetheart and we he bought a house and moved me and my two kids in. I was in an abusive uh, relationship and don't get me wrong, I gave as good as I got. Before I slid to salvation, my heart was definitely full of unforgiveness and woundedness and hurt and pain and rebellion. And, you know, a lot of that stuff from my beginning life, like that first life, that it was just a mess. I wasn't easy to live with. And I don't have any blame or unforgiveness towards my husband My first husband, because, you know, it takes two to tango. There's always two sides to the story. And, you know, someday I'll tell you a little bit about the power of forgiveness in that area. But for now, we're sticking with here I was, a married woman, two kids, living common law with my high school sweetheart. I had the opportunity to know his mother only for two short years. But she was a woman who accepted me just as I was. She accepted my two kids as her own grandchildren. And she was a born again, spirit filled woman of God. And she would have conversations with me about how much God loves me and how much he wanted to be first in my life. Um, You know, I would get upset with her and I would tell her, that you know nobody would be first in my life other than her son because he was the first one to love me and accept me for who I was. Her and I would have conversations about going to church because she would often invite me to the church or to the Wednesday night prayer meeting and you know I would drive her but I didn't want to go and I would tell her things like it's not that I don't believe. I've always believed but I'm not ready I have I have these things in my life that I'm not ready to give up you know someday I'll quit smoking and drinking and clean up my language and but I'm not ready to live like that yet you know someday I will well and she would tell me things like you don't have to change anything God wants you just like you are just like you are you can go you can you can go to him and I disagreed with her well then came the day in April 1990 that she suddenly passed away and I was crushed because I felt the acceptance and the love of this godly woman I I, my heart was just broken shortly after that you know week to 10 days um, I was invited to, with my sister-in-law to go to a crusade in a big auditorium with hundreds of people. And to this day, I, I do not know why I chose to go, but I did. Now I know that God called me. But at this crusade, I was not happy. I remember sitting in the near the back of that auditorium and disliking the music and the message and I just wanted to get out of there and get back to my car so I could have a cigarette and get on with my life. Then something happened. I don't have the words to explain but I know that I know that I slid to salvation. Suddenly I found myself at the front Of that auditorium crying like a baby and listening to a hymn with the words of just as I am I'm sure many of you know that hymn and how my heart ached for the loss of that woman and the acceptance of my God And I looked and that pastor's wife was standing by my side and she was praising God and rejoicing and weeping with me. And I was taken to a room afterwards and was congratulated on something that, you know, I had just gotten saved and I was born again and here's a Bible and here's what you do and do you have a church and all these things. And I was overwhelmed and confused. And I I didn't know what was going on. You know, I'd like to say that I felt differently. And I did. But at that moment, it was confusion. And when I did get back to my car, yes, it's true. I definitely still had a cigarette. And I had a long journey with cigarettes as a Christian and that God took me through. And I don't feel didn't feel condemnation from him but that's another story when I got home to my then boyfriend and he asked me how it was and I told him that you know I got saved and he was surprised and he knew what that meant and I just was a little unsure what the concept we both didn't know where our life would take us. But, you know, we went to bed, we got up the next morning. I thought life was the same, to be honest. And I was a a woman of emotions. That's what I am. I'm a woman of emotions. I'm pretty raw and pretty real, no matter where you find me, no matter what I'm doing. And I parented that way too. So, you know, for a woman so full of woundedness and, and unforgiveness and rebellion, I didn't have much patience. I had a very short fuse. And I was used to uh, slamming cupboard doors and yelling. And yeah, probably even physically touching my children in a negative way than I should have been. And my boyfriend at the time was you know, he was a commercial fisherman and he used to say that I used more bad, bad language than any fisherman he ever worked with. So, you know, I'm not up very long and I'm getting kids breakfast and my coffee and obviously something caused me to explode. And I said some bad words. And I'm going to tell you, I was shocked at the emotion that I felt on the inside of me. I felt so convicted by the words that I spoke that I thought I would throw up. A feeling of nausea overwhelmed me and I knew that God was disappointed in me. I quickly repented on the inside of me. It's like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, God, I'm so sorry. Uh, I I will work harder at the words of my mouth. I don't know why God chose to work on my bad language before the smoking or before the living common law or before the anger I'm not God I didn't get messed up in a specific order and God doesn't clean us up in a specific order but I know this It was so real. It was such a change on the inside of me. See, in the the story we read from John chapter 3, Nicodemus was a Jew. He knew that he knew that God was real. He knew the Word of God, you know, like the back of his hand. He practiced rituals of Christianity of a uh, life as a believer but he did not know this personal way to be born from above I knew all of my life that God was real I believed the Bible as truth I believed Jesus was born of a virgin and died for me but I never had that supernatural connection until April, 1990. I wonder, do you know, do you know that there is a difference between believing God and knowing God? You know, it's the same thing as knowing your mayor. You know, we live, I live in a very small area and I know my mayor. I know his name. I know his address. I can find his phone number. I can tell you some of his family history, what his kids have. I can probably look up his whole ancestral background and he knows my face and I know his face. But I do not have an intimate bonded relationship with my mare. And that's the way it was with God. I knew of him. I had so much knowledge of him, but I didn't have that bonding and that supernatural connection that happened in a moment. Surrender? Born again? Saved? Inviting him into my heart? Committing to live for him? I don't know the language or the words that you want to use, but I know that there was a difference. Maybe it comes from the two trees in the garden. You know, Adam and Eve ate freely from the tree of life and they communed with God and God walked with them in the garden. And after the fall of man, when they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were refused, shut off from the tree of life. And from that moment on, there's very few people through the history of the Bible that communed and heard of God. You know, mostly they were called prophets and angels appeared to people and, and, and there was bits and pieces throughout the Old Testament that God spoke to people. But hundreds of years would be before God spoke to somebody again. But then Jesus came and Jesus died and Jesus rose again to give us life. Did he give us access again to the tree of life? I believe it is. I believe that Jesus became the tree of life for us and that we can eat freely from that tree again and have communion in a supernatural way with the God of the universe when we're connected are you connected? Do you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Or do you eat from the tree of life? Until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. If you go to 633-wakeup.com, I repeat, 633-wakeup.com, Com, you will find more about me, the free sign up for WinWords, faith coaching information, and my contact page. Come on, connect us together. We're always better together.